I literally wake up every day expecting God to blow my mind. I never know what the day holds. I don't know what this week holds. I don't know what this year holds, but I know who holds me. And so no matter what life throws at me each and every day, I literally just expect God to blow my mind. I expect to meet good people. I expect to be treated well. I expect to have the best experiences possible. I expect God to blow my mind. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. This is the space where you come each and every week to learn more about what it means to chase purpose, not money. If you're brand new here, welcome to Redefining Wealth. Here's what you need to know. We are a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's all about the condition of well-being. And if you are an OG listener, a purpose chaser, then you already know that we are in this season of redefining love. And that means redefining love of self, of others, and of God. And I have been on a crusade. Actually, no, I've just been on a few podcasts, but I've been sharing more about some of my personal evolution and personal journey. Because as you know, I'm committed to not waiting until I have everything figured out. I'm one of those people who's okay with just being vulnerable in the midst of all that life is doing, how life is unfolding, and sharing the lessons as I go. And so this week's episode is really all about something I've discovered more recently, which is that I will not dumb down my desires for a soul in person or online. Now, before we get into it, uh, let's get to the affirmation of the week. No, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You got to affirm abundance. You got to affirm yourself to wealth. Today's affirmation is, I am the CEO of my life. I set the strategy, goals, and vision for my life. I own my successes, and I own my failures. I understand that success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. When I experience a major challenge, I reinvent myself in the marketplace. I protect my brand at all costs. Quality control is in my hands, and I choose team players that work to fulfill the mission and vision. I fire those who do not get the job done. I focus only on the activities which produce positive returns. I take 100% responsibility for the outcome of my life. Declare today, I am the CEO of my life. Okay, so recently I was on a good friend of mine's podcast, Anthony O'Neill. You know him. He is a friend of the Redefining Wealth podcast. And boy, did we cause a little ruckus on the internet. 
There's a few clips from the episode that actually went viral. Um, There's been several hundred thousand views of this episode on YouTube. And I just cannot believe the number of people um, who really have a problem with someone else expressing their personal desires. Here's what I liken it to. I liken it to walking into a Chipotle or a Subway and the person behind the counter saying, what do you want? Like, what do you want to eat? What's your order? What do you desire? And you start, you know, giving them your list. I want a bowl, put some rice, put black beans, put whatever your thing is. I don't eat meat, but put veggies or whatever. And someone in the line going, I hate veggies. But who was talking to you? (laughs) This was about what I wanted. That's essentially what's been happening with me. So in the episode with Anthony O'Neill, Um, my friend starts to ask me questions about this season I'm in. And if you've been around for a while, you obviously know that I was separated in 2021. I divorced in 2022. And after being in a relationship with the same person for 18 and a half years, I'm in a season of not just rediscovering, but discovering myself, figuring out what I truly want, need, and desire. And I shared on the episode that I wrote a list. I was on a flight from New York City to San Antonio, and I just felt compelled to write this list of what I actually want in an ideal partner. And it's not something that I ever really shared with people publicly, um, but I started to talk to Anthony about it, and he shared his list here on the podcast of like five things. And my list had 29 things. I know you want to re- you want to rewind and make sure you heard that correctly. I know you do. Yes. The list had 29 things. And let me tell you how I got there. Because there was a couple that I met in New York and they were just lovely. I just fell in love with how in love they were. And that was one of the things that I really desire is just to really have a great friend and a great partner. And I was thinking about it on the plane and I, my spirit was like, well, you don't even know what you really want. You know you want to be in partnership again. You know that you desire marriage again one day. But do you really know what you want? Because oftentimes we're really clear about what we don't like, but we really haven't taken time to identify what we do like and what we do desire. And so I felt that come up in my belly, and I took out my phone, and I started to write this list. And when I got to about five or six things, I immediately stopped because I was thinking about all of the Instagram relationship gurus and all the people I've heard on Clubhouse. And I've heard this idea over and over again that you should only have a couple things and just let God fill in the rest. And I started to stop and backtrack and delete backspace and say, okay, I'll just put a few things. But the next thing I felt was like the Holy Spirit saying, That wasn't for you. You have the right to write whatever you want. You get to dream in this season. And if you're going to dream, you might as well go all out. And so I started to write the list, and I didn't expect it to be 20-plus things, but that's what it became. And over time, as I've dated and met people, I've just continued to refine the list, to add to it, to become more detailed. Um, And so I was sharing that on Anthony's podcast And the people that it brought out (laughs) in the comments, people who have been bold enough to send me DMs telling me that I don't have a right 
to demand anything of anyone. So because I do have this podcast and I do have a platform, I actually felt like this was something that I should talk about here because it makes me realize or it made me realize how often we dumb down our desires to please other people. How often have you thought about something you really wanted and because someone else couldn't see it for themselves, they couldn't receive that you could want something like that for yourself? Or how often have you shared like a hope, a dream, or desire and someone projected their fear, their insecurities, um, their imposter syndrome, whatever they're dealing with onto you and it actually made you question what you truly want. And I believe that's the reason that so many of us are living on autopilot. So, you know, in this season, as I've been leading these groups, Mastery and Momentum and Pillar Mastery, which you are always invited to check out at patricewashington.com, the big thing for us is getting off autopilot. Why are we just doing what we've always done? And why are we just always going along with what our friends say, our family says, maybe you know, a coworker, a boss, whoever, we don't question anything. When we don't question anything, it's really hard to believe or conceive that we're actually living in our most authentic reality, like our most authentic possibility, because we're on autopilot and we're doing things because everyone else does it or because everyone else has said that this is what's acceptable. But what if what you truly desire does not align with other people's idea of what you should want because of your background, your experience, um, your gender, your socioeconomic status. What if that just doesn't align, but you know deep down what you desire? That's basically where I am in this season, where I understood all of the things that people were saying, and I understood a lot of where that may be coming from, but I also understand more and more who Patrice is and what Patrice wants and what Patrice desires. And I will not apologize for that. And I will not reduce my list because of someone's opinions. And I will not filter what I feel is best for me because it doesn't measure up to what other people think I should want. And so you know, I always talk about that Mike Todd uh, episode, Mike Todd of Transformation Church. He talks about how, you know, Jesus was buried on a Friday and rose on Sunday. And we don't know what the Saturday looks like. Like we talk about the death and, um, you know, this rising on Sunday. But what was really experienced on Saturday? There was probably a lot of fear and doubt and questioning and why me and all the things. And I don't believe that we wait till Sunday um, to celebrate. I think that there's so much that we learn and that we grow so much in a Saturday. And this is the time to share um, what the takeaways are and what the discoveries are. So again, this episode is about not dumbing down your desires. This is where it comes from. And I just have four really quick things that I want you to consider along with me. Now, the first thing is about dreaming a new dream. I have talked to so many people in the DMs and also in my groups, so many women in particular who say, I don't really know what my dreams are. 
I don't know what I really want outside of the professional things I've already accomplished. I really don't think about my life in particular outside of me being a mother or me being a spouse. I don't even know what I like anymore. And I'm pretty sure I'm doing a lot of things I dislike because it pleases everyone else. I really want you to consider taking a step back and just allowing yourself to dream. Uh, One of my mentors, Steve Harvey, used to say that dreaming is free. So if you can dream, you might as well dream in full color like there's no budget and go all the way out. What would your ideal life really look like if you allowed yourself to take the lid off and just be free to dream? What would your life look like if you stopped policing yourself and trying to, you know, discredit your dreams or dismiss them or diminish them because of a budget, because of supporting characters in your story, because of other people's opinions? What if you just allowed yourself to dream? What would my life look like if I was living at my like fullest potential, if I was scaling joy every day, if I was doing any and everything that brought brought me peace and happiness and excitement, what would that actually look like? Why do we have to police it when we're just writing it for ourselves? Why do we have to stop and try to make it realistic? You don't have to make anything realistic. It's a dream. Like, it's just supposed to get your gears turning and just your juices flowing and get you excited and inspired. It's not something that you're supposed to police. It's not something you have to deny or dismiss. It doesn't mean that you're going to run off um, and do all of these crazy things. It's just you with your thoughts. And it's you listening to yourself and listening to your gut. And listening to that still small voice and that spirit within that just wants to be free. I truly believe that we focus so much on self-awareness. So we want to intellectualize everything and make it make sense. But what if we leaned more into soul awareness and just trusted what our spirit was saying, trusted what our gut is saying? Um, Doesn't mean that you have to make a decision immediately, right? Sometimes you can decide not to decide anything in particular, Even that is a decision. But just at least knowing for yourself what you really desire, you don't have to dumb that down for anyone. You are free to dream, do it in color, and do it with a full budget as if nothing could stop you. Now, I know you are loving the Redefining Wealth podcast, but do you know what would take it up a notch? It's if you invested in a copy of my brand new book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself, How to Stop Chasing Money and Finally Live Your Life's Purpose. Now on the podcast, you hear me talk about the six pillars of wealth every single week. That's fit, people, space, faith, work, and money. And I want you to incorporate this into your life. But let's be honest, the podcast isn't enough. I poured 114 lessons from my own life the rituals, the mindsets, the behaviors, the attitudes that I had to shift in order to redefine wealth for myself in each one of these pillars. And now I've made it available to you. So you can make sure to pick up your copy in paperback, hardcover, or even listen on Audible. Whatever you do, make this a part of your library today. Now here's the next thing. We hear so often, write the vision and make it plain. Habakkuk 2 and 2. Write the vision and make it plain. I 
have never seen so many people who say they believe in that get so upset when someone actually writes their vision and makes it plain. So I believe that you should not only write the vision and make it plain, I am a list maker. Where are my list makers out there? I love a good list. I love to get clear on what I really desire and list it all out, as you can imagine, because I have 29 things, right? But the thing is, that wasn't just with relationships. I can probably pull out a journal from like 2010, 2011, where I actually wrote out my ideal career. I even talk about this in the book, Redefine Wealth for Yourself. I wrote out my idea career. Who would I be serving? What would I be doing day to day? Um, you know, what what would my speaking look like? What I didn't know I would be on a podcast and I didn't know that I would end up on television, but I had this big vision for my career and I listed as many things as I could. And the truth is Lisa Nichols taught me that we can be committed to the vision and not attached to how we get there. So while we can write out all these things that we desire, doesn't mean that we're making some type of demand. We're just really trying to clarify the vision. We're really trying to get as detailed as we can so that as life unfolds, we know, are we on the path to this or are we way off? Because if we're way off, right, if we're living and leaning into someone else's vision, when we have our own written, we can come back to it and kind of course correct. But when we don't have anything written, it's so easy to get thrown to and fro into other people's visions. That's why so many of us look up and three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years have gone by and we haven't done a thing to work towards our goals and our dreams because we've been persuaded by other people's visions. So I'm at the point this season in my life where I won't only write down an ideal partner or an ideal career. I've even written down an ideal day. I just moved recently and I wrote down my ideal space. What did I want my new space, my new home to have? Before I ever manifested walking into that space, I already had it written exactly what I wanted for my, you know, uh, primary suite, what I wanted for my daughter's suite, what I wanted even for the dog. Like I was very clear. And when the opportunity arose, I knew, I knew it very quickly. Like this is it because this is what I've outlined. Same thing happened with the house that I bought here in Georgia. And same thing happened with my last home in California. Whenever I get clear, I feel like that is me giving God something to bless. It's not me telling God, but it is me saying, God, these are the desires of my heart. This is what I truly want, and this is what I'm willing to work towards. This is what I'm willing to put some effort into. It doesn't mean that I'm saying it has to be specifically like this, but it does mean that I am creating the space to receive the desires of my heart. I recently interviewed Kenyon Martin, he and Takara, his wife, are Ask the Martins on Instagram. And Kenyon said not only did he have a list, he had a dissertation. I'm with it. I am like so beyond just even writing the list. My list has little paragraphs under it. I'm going full out. And it's okay because I believe that clarity breeds confidence. And the more clear we become about our desires, the more clear we become about our dreams, the more confident we can become that it's possible for us. What makes things seem so impossible 
is a lack of clarity. When you're not able to recognize bits and pieces of the vision because you don't have anything written down, it's a fleeting thought, it's in and out, there's nothing concrete, there's nothing written on paper. You never really know when you hit the target or when you're on the path to hitting the target. So I believe that in this season of now dumbing down our desires, we need to get clear about the list. And if you feel so inclined, do not be ashamed if you want to add a little dissertation to it. And I think it makes sense here, right? Because you think about affirmations, how people throw affirmations out. But if you've been around here for a while, you recognize that we've always done affirmation statements. So I've never been just the quick listed type of person. I've always gone a little bit deeper because I want to know what it looks like, what it feels like, what it smells like, what it tastes like. I don't want to just have a quick idea. The way that you really manifest more is to truly embody it and to be able to visualize yourself in that space or in that opportunity, right? So don't be afraid to do a list and to do a dissertation if you so choose. Okay, so here's the next thing I want you to consider. When this video with Anthony went viral, um, the number of people who were in my DMs because I said I would not date someone that's 5'5". Five five. Now, full disclaimer, I am 5'10", and most often I have heels on, which makes me a smooth 6'1", on some days 6'2". And just for extra like information here, my 15-year-old daughter is 5'5". Five five. So in my mind, my partner cannot look the same height as my daughter. It just doesn't feel right. However, so many people were sending me statistics about what the average height of a man is and how much of the population um, is not over six foot one. And I mean, you guys were going in with the statistics, not y'all. I'm going to say this was Anthony's audience. It, was, it wasn't y'all. Purpose chasers, we know better here, right? But people were coming with all the statistics. And then they started to get a little nasty. Some of the statistics were about how dare you as a woman over 40, because women over 40 are more prone to X, Y, Z. Um, a woman who's a single mother, uh, uh, as a black woman, all of these statistics that were being thrown at me in the comments and the DMs were essentially to humble me, to make me remember that I am an over 40 uh, black woman who's a single parent now and also a woman who's very accomplished. So there's a lot of men who are not interested in women who are quote-unquote boss chicks, which I don't even refer to myself as such. Um, but all the statistics were very revealing. And to that, I would say, as you are looking to not dumb down your desires in this season either, I want to encourage you to not let statistics scare you. I understand uh, all of the research and the data and all of the stuff that goes into publishing these statistics. And I'm quite fine with that. But I also know that I am a first generation American I am Belizean, and I was raised in South Central Los Angeles, an area called Lemur Park, if you remember Moesha from back in the day, the fountain at Moesha, that's where I was raised, right around there, um, which was not a good neighborhood. It was drug infested, it was gang infested. I saw drive-by shootings regularly. 
I saw drug paraphernalia in the alleyway behind my house. I saw prostitution lots of times before I was 12 years old. And I have people in my family who were in and out of jail while I was growing up. And I only share that to say that I realize I shouldn't even be sitting here. For me to get to the University of Southern California and graduate with honors, um, to having a second degree uh, MBA in behavioral finance and financial psychology, for me to have written uh, five books and become America's money maven after losing everything in the recession, scraping up change to feed my daughter, getting eviction notices, foreclosures, repossessions, you name it. I am already a walking contradiction. And I know that's my story. I don't know what your story is, but I bet that you have experienced a lot of things that people thought you would never get through. There are a lot of statistics that don't make sense for you, right? You're on the side of the statistic. That is the good part. So even though people want to humble you with the bad pieces of it, I have learned to say, I don't receive it. Whatever it is you want to say about who I should be, how I should be, where I should be, I don't receive it. And I want that to be your declaration as well, that when you get clear about what you desire and you start to list everything and you decide to maybe share it with people or not, when the statistics come, when the, uh, the naysayers start to speak, when the voices get really loud, that you remember that you don't have to be scared by statistics because you've already survived 1,000% of your worst days. The fact that you are still here is a miracle. The fact that you have made it through everything that you've made it through over the last three years since we've been in the pandemic, right, or the last five years, 10 years, for those of you who have survived um, different types of abuse, whether they be physical or mental, emotional, verbal, uh, financial abuse, and yet you're still here. For the times that you thought you would not get back up, and yet you stood up stronger anyway. For the times that you felt like I cannot get out of bed and now you're not just surviving, but you are thriving. Don't let people throw their statistics on you. I don't care where they got it from. I don't care how recent it is. And honestly, I don't care how accurate it is. The reality is that I get what I believe. I don't just get what I want. I get what I believe. And if I choose to believe that the desires of my heart were placed there by the creator and that there's a reason that I particularly desire what I desire, then I have to believe that in spite of statistics, that is possible for me. If that is my dream, as long as I continue to show up and give God something to bless, I may not get that exact thing, but if I get close, then, I mean, a win is a win, right? So... You should declare that too. When someone is telling you something that is just contrary to what you dream for yourself and what you desire to yourself, you are free to say, I don't receive it. And here's the last thing that I want you to consider. Um, I literally wake up every day expecting God to blow my mind. I never know what the day holds. I don't know what this week holds. I don't know what this year holds, but I know who holds me. And so no matter what life throws at me each and every day, I literally just expect God to blow my mind. I expect to meet good people. 
I expect to be treated well. I expect to have the best experiences possible. I expect God to blow my mind. And so I'm okay not being attached to everything on the list manifesting overnight because I believe that, one, it's going to come in due time, in due season. I also believe that there are definitely things that I have to continue to do to prepare for what it is I say I desire. And even in the challenges that help me get prepared, I know that I don't take any L's in terms of losses. I get lessons, either lessons or blessings. And I know that in those lessons, sometimes no matter how hard they are, God is going to blow my mind because it's going to take my awareness, my intestinal fortitude, like my creativity, just what's possible for me all to new levels. And so that is a choice. You get to believe that God is going to blow your mind. Believe that you're going to see these desires manifest. Believe that what you are putting on this checklist actually has the potential to come to fruition. But also be willing to give God something to bless. Also be willing to do your part. Also be willing to show up and not just show up and show out, but show up with this sense of just expectancy, just expecting the best. I think too often we expect things to go wrong, and then when they go wrong, we just like to sit in the, I knew it, I told you, but what if you flipped that? And what if you expected things to go well? And what if you expected everything that you desire to actually come to pass? You would walk through life with your head, I think, just a little bit higher, with a bit more, uh, I don't know, smiling on your face. You would just have an energy and a glow about you that may not reflect the actual season that you're in. I love when people say to me, you look like you're glowing, you look like you're glowing. The truth is all hell could be breaking loose, but I still choose to believe that all things come together for my good. And I choose to believe and expect God to blow my mind even in the midst of whatever it is I'm dealing with. I believe that everything that I'm experiencing is still taking me closer towards living out what is on the list, whether that be a list for an ideal partner, an ideal space, an ideal day, an ideal career for me, whatever it is. I just expect all of these things to come together for my good, and I expect God to blow my mind at every turn. So I don't know who's tried to get you to dumb down your desires I don't know who told you to tear up the list, to throw it away, that you don't get to decide. Um, God is going to decide. I believe that we are co-creators, and it's our job to be clear on what our spirit is saying to us. Self-awareness is not enough. Just trying to think through everything intellectually is not enough. I want to invite you to feel into what your spirit is actually craving and what your spirit is yearning for, what you truly desire, and own it. And don't let anyone tell you that it's too late to dream a new dream. Don't let anyone tell you that you have to throw the list away or only put three things on the list. If you want a dissertation, write a dissertation. Don't let anyone scare you with their statistics about what doesn't work and who you are and what can't happen for you because it's too late or this or that. I want you to walk around and expect God to blow your mind because I genuinely believe that when we get clear and give God something to bless, then he can bless it and he will. But it's all about what you believe. 
So I hope that this episode is a blessing to you. Thank you to all the people who commented such craziness and foolishness on YouTube. You really inspire me to keep going and to not dumb down my desires and to make everything that I want even more unapologetic. I am tripling down in this season on what I feel led to do, and I hope that I really encourage you to do the same. Until next time, I'm Patrice Washington at Seek Wisdom PCW on Instagram. Make sure you rate and review this podcast episode. Tell me what you thought, what you're taking away. Feel free to share your dreams with me if you desire. I will not hate on you. Um, and make sure that you come and check out Mastery Momentum and or Pillar Mastery. Those are the two ways that I'm working with women in this season and if you feel led to work with me as your personal coach, I would love the opportunity to explore that. So come to patricewashington.com and check it out. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Bye.